Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. They call me back, no Santa. I make my runs about to break a day. They call me back, no Santa. I make my runs about to break a day. Okay. Uh, happy holidays, gang. Uh, this is uh, this episode will be coming out, uh, you know, the week of Christmas. So, uh, you know, hopefully you are are spending this time if if you are fortunate enough to have some time off from work or some, you know, uh, just time to relax and and be around people that make you happy. Um, uh, and, and who knows, maybe even get a good meal or two out of the deal. Um, and, and that's sort of, uh, in that spirit, uh, Max, you texted us the other day and, and had a question that I found interesting. You found interesting. Okay. Maybe I worded the question improperly. I don't think I found your question interesting because of the question itself. Fair. But it's it's one of those things where it, like, it sparked a whole chain of subsequent yes, thoughts. Yes, yes. So my, my, essentially my question was asking for suggestions on what I should cook for Christmas dinner. Which, and I should say, like, Max asking us what he should cook is not a weird question in and <laughs> no, of itself. But it's it's the it's the infrastructure around this, which is this special occasion. And I know right now you're going like, hey, we we this this group of guys recently talked about performative meats. And while that is important for this suite of episodes, this is different. We're talking about what I think is kind of setting up traditions. Yeah, I also don't think it was that recent. I'm pretty sure it was a year yeah. ago. No, oh, no, no. It was no, really. This is it's gone through the vortex. Well, it was Pierce made the sausage thing, so it's whenever that was. The, the sausage. When did yeah? When was did you make cassoulet? Whatever that was. I didn't. I didn't make cassoulet. Did I? Did I discuss no. it? It was. Uh, that was almost certainly wow. the impetus. Yeah, you said. Yeah, a it was more than a year ago. It was November yeah. 2020. Yeah. Oh, oh god. This is <laughs> time time is a flat circle. Uh-huh. Anyway. Uh this is this hurts. So so like as as you can see, we, we have been living in this vortex and as we get spat out in, in Max's case, he's on a whole other coast and, and time is different for him. Um you know uh, some people have changed jobs some people have moved into actually two people have moved into mountainous areas i have moved into a new location and i think it is it is the great like rebaselining um and and in that way i mean i've had similar thoughts as as you max because i'm in a position now where i am i am having christmas in a new place and and i am actually going to be cooking um, you know, rapid tests pending um, for some other people in a way that I never have before myself. And it, you know, I started asking those questions like you did um, really like a month ago. Yeah, like this is, uh, it, it's, this isn't like a surprising conversation to be having because this is, this is a pattern thing. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, it's a year since we talked about performative meats because 
the holidays are pretty much the prime season for that sort of thing. And so like there's a natural inclination to think about this kind of stuff. Uh, but I promise we're not going to have another conversation mm -hmm. about, you know, like merguez sausage or, or giant hams or anything like that. Um, uh, but, but that, that sort of event, that big holiday event that revolves, you know, uh, around, uh, a communal meal is something that a lot of thought goes into. You know, I, I think I, I, I don't know if I, I recommended it on the podcast, but I know I talked to Pierce about it, you know, uh, in the lead up to Thanksgiving, the, uh, like the shutdown full cast folks did a, an awesome like Thanksgiving prep episode where they, a bunch of people talked about, you know, all their whole routine. And they were like, there are spreadsheets and there's there's planning several weeks in advance that goes into something like that, especially when you're you're putting something like this on for anywhere from 10 to 50 people. You know, my my uh, in my family, we historically we do Thanksgiving with my uh, my mom's side of the family, because until like, I don't know, 15 years ago. It was a, a thing where we had like 40 or 50 people in my grandparents' house. And, wow. you know, that Thanksgiving this so this is the the chain of thoughts that I had when Max yeah. <clears throat> asked about what to make for a Christmas dinner. I was like, oh, you know, this this sort of uh milestone of it being your first time preparing, you know, the centerpiece meal. It made me think of how my family's holiday traditions have changed. And, and really, I I don't even know if it's that the traditions have changed. It's that who is responsible for the traditions has changed. And so that, like, that carries with it a lot of feelings that can be kind of complex. You know, my, my grandmother yeah. hosted Thanksgiving for several decades first with a really big group of people because a lot of her family that lived in the sort of like the Baton Rouge type area would come into town. Uh, but, but then even then just like with a smaller, but still extended family because my mom's siblings would come in from out of town. Um, you know, I, but now she's in her eighties. She is the primary caretaker for, an 88 year old man suffering from dementia. And so kind of have sort of given her a, a reprieve from having to deal with hosting a Thanksgiving meal for 15 people. And, you know, I, I don't think it's out of bounds or airing anybody's dirty laundry to say that like, that's that change is actually pretty hard on people sometimes. Yeah. You know, to, to have something that is in many ways, like it is a showcase of your abilities. It's a showcase of your kindness and generosity and, and willingness to do stuff for other people. And like, I, I'm, I'm sure it doesn't, I'm sure it doesn't feel great to, to not have that anymore. And, and, you know, it's only some solace to to step back and realize that it means 
that you get to experience this in a new way and relax and have some of the burden taken off you. But like this stuff, it brings up a lot of uh, frothy emotions in people. Yeah, I think there's definitely an aspect of of uh, and and actually Rembert Brown in our section of the show called "Remember a Blogger." Um, he wrote some years ago uh, in Bon Appetit about you know, more of the peaceful transition of power around. Is it was actually Thanksgiving, um, and, and Kevin, you know, in some ways it may may apply most to you, though. Though I think you really took control this year. What he described is like they're at the same place that they've always been but now the the kids in their their later 20s early 30s are starting to to do to do everything and and they're making the food but it is still at the same location so it's kind of more of a slow transition um you know with me this year i think with max and then kevin i think in some ways your um thanksgiving experience so you're a little bit ahead of this even that's like oh not only are are we making making the things, are we kind of uh, the the workhorses behind the tradition, but we're providing the infrastructure too. It is happening. The tradition is happening in our space. And I mean, did you feel like Kevin that you really wrangled that, or or you know, was that something you were looking forward to, or is it someone that yeah. that you were asked to do, maybe? Well. Um... Yeah, so we had a similar Thanksgiving setup to to Sean for for a while, and um, kind of all of the the sub families have now um, broken off. And so, since I live kind of centrally located, um, I got to host Thanksgiving with my three siblings and my seven nieces and nephews, and um, it was it was a great time. And I was excited to host. However, when I accepted the hosting responsibilities, I actually explicitly said like. We will make a lot of side dishes, but we do not want to do the turkey. So because we have never really done that before, and that seemed like a bit too much of a a risk to try out hosting all of the kids and making a large turkey for the first time. So I I think we, we struck a nice balance to where we were set ourselves up for success on the things that we were successful with and let someone else do the turkey and we'll, you know we'll probably we'll probably continue it because we also kind of took the you know took this time to figure out which traditions we wanted to keep and which traditions we wanted to change like we always ate very we, we ate like at 11 a.m before um and we decided that you know we didn't because it was it accommodated all the families um the most but we decided well now like what, what do we want to do and we you know moved it to later in the afternoon so i think it was you know it's a good time to evaluate what you like to do before and you know what what small things you want to change yeah and and i think that's an interesting one too because because you're you're kind of keeping the units to a great part intact it is still a lot of people you're you're kind of mostly getting into it but leaving something open and i think that's nice in some ways because then you you know it is a pride feels kind of wrong but but you know i think it's okay you're proud of your traditions and everything and you've kept a lot of it intact max i think that that you know our our minimalism consultant here you are kind of stripped down um kind of bare here and and who is who is doing it um you're you're on equal footing to animals actually apparently at your your christmas table so i mean how is how has that played into it yeah um, yeah, we have the two of us and two dogs. 
Um, I will I will say also that this is not my first time making Christmas dinner because I recall that last year we made I made Christmas dinner, but oh, okay. that was COVID, so I feel like that didn't count. I feel like yeah. a lot of people did that, and that was like messing up tradition. Where this year we could have traveled and chose not to. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, with other COVID events, things maybe, <laughs> but beyond that, like we we consciously chose not for COVID, like not because of COVID, not to travel. Um, and because of moving. So, yes, I feel like we're now ready to absorb the tradition. Um, but to your point, yeah, it's it, there's a lot less pressure. I mean, I'm cooking for the same... And I shouldn't say I'm. Like, Bridget and I are going to cook the meal together because we like cooking together. Um, we're cooking just for ourselves, which is something we do pretty much every night. So mm-hmm. most of the... Any pressure of performing for a group of people is off. It's more an opportunity to do something special for ourselves that we enjoy, but also to, to potentially, you know, set up some kind of um, tradition or, or something like that. Um, you know, I think it's, I think it's an excuse. We both love cooking. So it's an excuse to make a really fancy or, and or expensive meal at home, which is not something that we would do certainly on a typical weekday and probably not even on a weekend. So <laughs> So that makes me think also, and, and Sean, given, given the, the station in, in kind of the, the cycle of families that yours is at, and then Max, I kind of, we're going to have other people here too, but it it was going to just be two of us. And there's a balance of, do I want to cook something really cool that may stick and might be like a tradition, you know, like Kevin size thing, Mm -hmm. or I did have this thought um, of maybe I see what that going out for dinner on a holiday life is like. Cause, yeah. cause a lot of places will do like really fancy dinners and the idea of getting dressed up and trying that out. I mean, there are more for years sure. down the road I could do that, but I'm wondered, I wonder if you thought about that at all. To be honest, not really, maybe a tiny bit, um, for, I think we thought about it a little bit for new year's Eve, mm-hmm. but we didn't really consider it for Christmas. So if I um if I can't get the, the <laughs> to your point about making something special if I can't get the duck that I'm hoping to get maybe I should try to make a dinner reservation <laughs> instead. Yeah, go, go get um, have, have that's an, an interesting. I, I do know a lot of people that do that, and I mean it makes the cleanup a, a heck of a lot easier, right? You just kind of go yeah. home after. Well, you probably box. should have started trying to make the dinner reservation about the same time that you started trying to get the duck, which also should have been much earlier than, you know, December 21st. If, no, it's 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 March. It's March 275th. <laughs> Sean, <laughs> 2020. Sean, I'll have you know that I feel like in Bend, Oregon, just just conceiving of the, the demographic that's there, it's like... 10,000 maxes who are like, oh, yeah, usually my parents do this weeks ahead of time. I I know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. And yet, I think that uh, the the high holidays, as it were, are Mm -hmm. still like even even in a more laid back place, like that's still shit you need to iron out well in advance. You bring up a good point. We actually we did consider it. I think we consciously decided to make the christmas dinner ourselves at home but then go out for a very nice meal sometime the in during the week the next week Mm -hmm. when we're both not really working and 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 you're you're getting you're actually sort of leading to a, a version of kind of what's happened with my family and christmas which is you know we do christmas with my dad's side of the family like i i think I think of the four of us, Kevin and I clearly have like the most analogous sort of holiday situations because we have 
big families that are largely centered in one sort of general place, if not one kind of exact place. And so like for a long time, Thanksgiving was this big gathering with my mom's side of the family at my grandparents' house. And Christmas was this big gathering with my dad's side of the family, usually at our house. Um, and in the last few years, our, our sort of Christmas plan has changed up a lot too. And part of it is that our, you know, the, my dad's brothers and, and their respective families have started doing a little more like uh, kind of holiday time traveling. And so people's, people's plans were a little up in the air, but now we've gotten into this really interesting groove where in a lot of ways, Christmas day is kind of a thing for each of the individual immediate families. And then we get together as a bigger group, probably on the 26th or 27th or like whenever, mm -hmm. basically whenever the saints play <laughs> and we'll like, just, you know, do something that's super low pressure and just like get a bunch of pizzas and and it it takes i mean the the amount of pressure that that takes off of the big gathering is immense and it makes it a lot of fun because no one like no one is frazzled about when a tenderloin needs to come out of the oven uh nobody's really trying to like set up appetizers and and stuff like that uh, and we can just like hang out and, you know, drink beer and generally make fun of the Atlanta Falcons like I do the other 364 days of the year. Oh, did they play this weekend? I don't know, but that's actually. <laughs> I guess they don't want to ruin the Christmas spirit, you know. <laughs> it's been a. They've played a few times on Thanksgiving in recent years. And so we've, we've kind of done that too. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, like, I think that. I think that those those moves, you know, there's inevitably there is something a little sad about ending a, a certain gigantic holiday gathering tradition. But like if there's a substitute where you can still see the people that you love and then you can have the truly like special occasion for your immediate circle like i i think there's actually something really nice about that yeah and yeah i think that you know wh where where does the pressure come from and and you know it's it's not it, it's it's maybe not so much on on you know necessarily what you're serving like if it's good or it's you know it's at least solid you're doing well but it is it all is all the coordination it's like oh this person showed up late or or this person got a little bit out of control or this person was not up to the dress code that that i really said that that we should do what whatever it is it's like a, a if if the ultimate goal is to gather these people together as you wish then like pizza a couple days later is fine and instead if you if you want to go out to i mean of all the cities to like go to a fancy dinner and get dressed up and not have to do any of the work new orleans on christmas that sounds that sounds wonderful um and and so i think that that doing something casual a couple days later is, is fine but there is something to be said and it's what you know i'm thinking about and you know maybe we're at places that it's it's not something we have total control over yet but like 
is this going to be a repeatable thing? Are are we the new haven for this? Is the duck or the lamb or 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 the lasagna is that going to be the thing that carries over from year to year? And and for me, that has been an exciting aspect this year to to be to be in a home to go buy a Christmas tree for the the first time that that I spent a lot more money on than than I would think a Christmas tree would cost. But like I'm excited for that and to be this thing that that I own and and will do every every year. So if it's pizza, that's that's great. But I want to have the thing that becomes a tradition. Sure. And I think you're you're doing the right thing, which is like wanting to to strike the balance because I think almost all of those pressures that you talked about a few minutes ago are are things are like frustrations that arise out of someone not meeting someone's poorly communicated expectations and that is just like it's no way to live you're you're just you're gonna tear your hair out you're gonna have a bad time if you spend your holiday stewing over the fact that somebody was late or showed up in a tuxedo t-shirt or, or something like that. So like, I, I think if, if you are able to, to find that balance where you have something that you are proud to have as a tradition, but it's also something that doesn't lead to any angst for anyone, like you've hit the lottery. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I think that I, while I think it's a good time to explore and try out new traditions, I also think that's something I've noticed over the past couple of years is that rather than being too tied to one exact tradition, you could have you know a certain repertoire or you know a rotation of things. So like you know we've in years past gone out on Christmas Eve for dinner, but um, and you know done lasagna on Christmas or you know, some years it's prime rib or whatever. And, you know, these past years, it's like, well, we're not going out to eat. Um, but, um, and oh, the person who's coming over on Christmas this year doesn't like lasagna. So like we'll pass on lasagna with we'll prime rib this year. And so it's nice to, I, I mean, I think that also helps take the pressure off too. If it's not like, oh, I have to do the lasagna this year and I have to, I have to make it as good as the lasagna was last year, which was as good as the lasagna the year before. Yes. The, tra- what, what should be the tradition, ideally, is the gathering, the the communion of it all, the bringing together the people, and and getting getting wrapped up in the if the lasagna is not up to the standard of lasagna's past, the holiday is ruined again. This isn't like what my cousin makes in Bologna. Again, it's just it's no way to live. Um. Yeah, no, and that's and I think of the consistency bit, uh, you know. And Sean is right, and I also think of something that I was gonna say is kind of a, a throwaway here that I consider is as as listeners may know, I, I love ham. Um, I don't know why I don't have a shirt that doesn't that says I love ham, but I don't have one. Um, and here I was gonna say that that you know 
I, I decided not to get a ham because I'm like, oh, what, what am I supposed to do with a ham? Like you, you buy it and you, you like heat it or you go to honey baked ham. And it's like, maybe that's the beauty of ham. It takes the pressure off. And then, you know, it's all it's all in the gathering. The, the only pressure you have to worry about then is other people, which is dangerous in itself. But it's like, yeah, you can focus on on that thing that that matters. And, you know, going back to the pizza idea, it's like, yeah, that's the great pizza is the great equalizer. Get, and basically everyone likes it and give yourself a break too because you became a homeowner this year it would be an awful lot to ask for you to become a ham owner too yeah <laughs> that's i took the pressure off you uh shortly yeah. after thanksgiving and became a ham owner so someone yeah. in this group could say that they bought a ham uh, in the I'll holiday buy times a ham, soon. <laughs> ham sounds real good actually it and was those great little... um it it did not last as long as it should have and hmm. I live alone, so yeah, well, I, I have no one to blame for that except myself. Well, Max, if you need a backup plan when you go to Bezos Provisions, um, they have, I don't know if it was a sale, but they have a lot of, of little hams right now, which are known as nuggets. I'll definitely get some ham nuggets. <laughs> Um, they're sorry, like the, the little yeah they're a, but they on the label they said nuggets like they called them i mean not i mean nuggets is in their smaller hands but they're still softball size okay we are so you can get a black yeah, forest weird. nugget all right it's very weird that they call um, that a nugget um uh, okay yeah <sighs> yeah i i think i'm i'm personally excited I, I, there's not a lot of pressure mm-hmm. when it's just the two of us um which is cool and we're actually using it as an excuse we're gonna cook a fancy meal for christmas eve as well so we're kind of just going all in on the let's cook some stuff we don't normally cook um i'm excited for that and speaking of that you you do yourself i mean we were at i was at a bar not that long ago and i overheard the bartender talking to someone and they said oh what'd you do for for thanksgiving and the bartender said oh well i you know i wasn't with my family this year i was making it myself and i realized i don't really like turkey so i made myself a burger (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which i thought was like you know at, for, for a second i thought it was a little strange i'm like yeah whatever i don't know it's, each his I, own <laughs> it's so funny you say this because in you know to to bring it back to the the shutdown full cast thanksgiving prep episode this exact scenario was mentioned and like the the sort of consensus that everybody reached was like yeah if you're doing Thanksgiving for you and you don't want turkey and you want a burger, like make a burger, make the shit out of that burger. Um, you'll you will miss out on Thanksgiving leftovers, and there's nothing uh, that provides those leftovers in leftover quite the burgers. same way that a turkey does. Like, yeah, but burgers, like burgers, don't keep that well. Um, and like, so nothing, nothing really provides that sort of gift that keeps on giving in the same way that a turkey or or a ham does uh, but like these you know i i think that i think that they are preaching this message of not getting too hung up on the the sort of small structural details of like what is the food item that marks this holiday and focusing on you know what are the big what are the big things that this holiday is about so like yeah it's most most of the traditions are you know before we came before we had this global world or year-long economy where you can get or burgers whenever you want so (laughs) 
Yeah. Burgers, whatever you want. Isn't that the dream? Oh. We're living the dream? <laughs> uh, Sure. I mean, it's also probably a little bit of a nightmare, too. But, like, I don't know. Burgers on demand seems pretty dreamish, if you ask me. Well, yeah. it depends how you feel about the oceans rising and, and the world heating up and you know all that stuff but yeah, yeah. Right. Man, Max, what, what if i said never i had a burger what if i said <laughs> i didn't Matt. care about all of that <laughs> yeah pierce has never had a burger what's up kevin <laughs> i said you can make him make impossible burgers for christmas uh, uh well let's 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 move on and not ruin the holiday with that <laughs> idea uh yeah uh so so do we have any any sort of final thoughts we want to get in before we wrap this up and and move on <sighs> I'm making lamb. Nice. I'm making lamb on Friday. I uh, I will say I, will I, I recognized I recognized from your picture of a, a recipe page <laughs> where you got the recipe from, and I'm yeah. I'm very I'm very excited about that. Mm. Yeah, I, I guess one thing I'll say in terms of building expectation. Um, so Julia's family again typically does lasagna on Christmas Day, and the first year I joined them, I got a special um side of glutinous lasagna and so i developed an expectation and years since that expectation hasn't been met so oh um, man just, it was oh. it was a first hit lasagna they were trying to reel you in yes oh wow oh. that's some when the garbanzo right becomes there. the garbozo oh god damn it <laughs> <laughs> oh okay on that just horrible sour note it's it's time to move on to pierce sorry uh what, what are you what are you apologizing for well um you know i thought i was going to do this one at a at a different earlier date and and we we passed on it for well i passed on it for for some some odd reason um but you know as we come to the end of the year here i think it's good to have an apology that that can really be shared here and um really in brief um because it because it has had uh you know ripple a ripple type effect is that whatever the circumstances um it's not wise to try, toss and then try to catch hammers um and so i am sorry for engaging in behavior that involved throwing and trying to catch hammers um because that involves some level of coordination. And what it really comes down to is, uh, I'm sorry for doing that with, with open-toed shoes. Um, because this will impact, um, you know, if, if say you're into running, it will impact your running. It will impact uh, how other people you are around in your household, say, feel about you wearing open-toed shoes going forward. Um, and then most importantly, if you're around, say, a bunch of friends and you're then complaining about your toe hurting, it's awkward for them because they should say, you're an idiot for throwing a hammer and failing at catching it. So that's all to say, I'm sorry for playing stumps with open-toed shoes. Uh, you you were not an idiot for throwing a hammer and failing to catch it. It's an occupational hazard of the game. You were a monstrous idiot for doing it in Birkenstocks, which I'm pretty sure we told you, and we would have been happy to have paused that game while you went and put on some more appropriate shoes for the occasion. I think I think others in this chat were also wearing Birkenstocks while doing it, and also did 
were injured, but not in the same way I was. Well, you know, I don't what? know what you're talking about. <laughs> you yeah, know what? You're being results. You're being results based. I'm being results based. Yes. Also, I you am. just you just you just used. But Max was doing it as an excuse to do it. <laughs> I did. Did anybody? Did anybody hear me say that? I'm. I'm just saying you also did it. Maybe you followed my lead. Is is more likely. <laughs> it was hot. <laughs> anyways let's get a big idea oh yes culture. yes let's let's do that um and i i, I, I i'll do a quick shout out to uh, the latest episode of the icij meet the investigators podcast which is finally out uh it's the last one that's coming out while i'm working there uh and i i talked to some of my uh, my coworkers about uh, the reporting process behind the Pandora Papers, so I'll I'll put a link to that and and you know hopefully you you enjoy that. Uh, but I also listened to another uh, podcast mini series over the weekend, and it's uh, it's a series hosted by uh, former ringer errand boy turned podcast producer tate frazier about mm. the legendary five-star basketball camp uh he he talked to uh f- former coaches uh former players about this incredible institution that started you know really in part as a, a way just like as a way to you know to bring some of the best high school players in the country together it's it was around for longer than you realize um you know and and he, he found all this great archival footage of the founder of the camp this guy howard garfinkel uh, you know talking ab- about about the camp he talked to ron artest he talked to coach k talked to rick patino uh it's just very cool the series is called the world of five star it's six episodes they're all like half an hour ish long so uh maybe if you're uh taking a flight this holiday season or taking two uh you might have have time to to listen to a couple episodes of it and and if you're a basketball fan i have a hard time believing that you won't find anything enjoyable about it so yeah uh the world of five star cool um okay that's the end of the show you can find us at our home on the web www.prettyokpod.com or subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice if you do that please tell a friend about the show we'd love to share it with them as well uh we are taking next week off so we'll be back in 2022 to talk about something else until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Enjoy the lasagna. Thanks for listening.